up, folks? Hello to the tens of ones. It's me. It's me. It's Mr. Sensational Gino Vega coming to you with not only a very special, very special episode 64 of the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast on the IC Robots Radio Network, but I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe this is the first episode of the year 2022. That's right, I think I've been offline since the holiday break. I think the holidays were creeping on a come up as a... Uh, Bone Thugs in Harmony would say, and I stated that I was going to take maybe one week off, and instead it's been at least three. A number of things, a number of calamities occurred here on my end that stopped me from reaching out to the tens of ones of you out there listening. Um, I think I was trying to do episode 64 a couple weeks ago and, um, just logistically it ended up that every single person was home that day and there was no way I could pull it off. And then I was going to come back the following week, which would have been last week, I believe. Um, but we had, uh, you know, we have three cats here at Sensational Manor. We have our seven-year-old, uh, female cat, Summer, and then we have two two two-year-old boys who were adopted at the same time. We have Ozzy, and we have Flynn, and beginning last weekend, not this weekend that just ended, but the one before that, uh, Flynn was suddenly in noticeable distress. We thought maybe he got into something weird, ate something that didn't agree with him. So we took him to the... Uh, actually, what happened is he, he was in such distress that originally we were like, oh, we'll see how it plays out. But he was just so obviously not well that we ended up having to take him to a emergency vet hospital because it was a Sunday. That was the only thing that was open. And it turned out he had um, a urinary blockage. He was not able to urinate. And in cats, that can very quickly go south. So he had to have a procedure done and um, they called us to uh, let us know that the procedure was successful, but that he almost didn't make it. He almost did not pull through the procedure. So we're like, ooh, that's a relief, but at least he did. And they're like, oh yeah, his prognosis is good now. But the next day when we were supposed to pick him up and bring him to a local vet to just get like all of his gimmicks, all like catheter and IV taken out of him, um, they were like, well, you know, his uh, kidney levels are not where they need to be. Um, so you're gonna, he's going to have to stay at the local vet once you bring him there. So we brought him to the local vet, and he was there for a day. And then the next day, not only had his kidney levels not uh, decreased, but they had actually gotten higher. And these, I guess, are bad levels. I don't know anything about veterinary medicine or um, any medicine, really. Um, but so that was kind of, uh, disconcerting because in our experience, once things start going awry with a cat's kidneys, that is usually, um, the beginning of the end because their kidneys get very sensitive and get damaged. And once they're damaged, that's kind of all she wrote. Um, so the local vet, uh, suggested that maybe there was something actually blocking the kidneys. So they did an ultrasound. And then if that had been the case, they're like, oh, you could take him to UC Davis for this surgery, but then it might not even be worth it because the kidneys might be damaged. So we're like, great. So anyway, we're waiting to hear. And um, 
the ultrasound revealed that he actually did not have anything blocking him. Just for whatever reason, his kidneys weren't rebounding from the urinary blockage. But then by the next day, he was fine. Levels back to normal. We were able to, uh, he had to stay there for another couple days, and we brought him home on Friday. He's got a cold now, because I think that's probably pretty common that you're around other cats at various veterinary hospitals, you end up picking up a cold. So he's a little snuffly. But that is a different issue than what he had been dealing with, and he seems to be okay now. And anyway, the reason I'm telling you this story is because um, we were in the throes of waiting to find out um, the outcome of his condition last Tuesday when I would have been returning to the air with you, the tens of ones, and I was just not really in the mood or mental state to be able to focus on anything, much less recording a very special episode 64. But now that that is all over with, now that the holidays are finally over, everyone's out of the house, I'm here by myself, I'm able to uh, bask in the silence of Sensational Manor. What did we say? This is Sensational Manor 2.5, is that right? Yeah. Um... I'm able to return to the show and, and um, happy to do so. Um, you know, once you start missing weeks, it gets a little dicey because every week that passes, it's easier to just kind of uh, blow the whole thing off. Um, but I am back with you. I suppose I should take just a moment here. Um, if for some bizarre reason you are new to the show or listening in a vacuum, uh, once again, this is the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast, a podcast where I, a very ordinary average individual, share with you various takes, musings, thoughts, tales from my incredibly ordinary, uninteresting life, and uh, attempt to elevate that excruciatingly boring content into uh, something that allows you to um, pass a few minutes, about 30 minutes of that day once a week. And uh, we are able to do this by way, once again, of the IC Robots Radio Network, a podcast network that uh, boasts such shows as this one, but also really is the brainchild and the home of um, the content of our uh, network leader, IC Robots himself. Um, he recently returned to the podcast waves um, from kind of a holiday uh, break. Not too much of a break because he's been putting all kinds of content out on his Patreon, which you can find at supportthereport.com supportthereport.com you can head over there you can come become a patron you can get access to all of his patrons only content which he's been putting out a lot of lately a lot, lot of good stuff over there but he is back with his flagship show the world's famous IC Robots show uh, he just had his first episode back this Monday it is available on the IC Robots radio network go to whatever your preferred podcasting platform is Search IC Robots Radio, hit like, hit subscribe. You'll have access to all of our content as it becomes available. Uh, his his first show back from the holidays was great. Um, lots of uh, just uh, classic IC Robots content on there. But in particular, I really enjoyed this week. Uh, he's got a bit on his show where he opens up... Um, Trading cards. You know, back in the day, I, I mean, we all know baseball cards. That, that's always been like the the, the King Kong of, of the cards. But you remember in the day, there was a time period where cards were made about everything. Um, example I've used before is I think I had a set of like, not RoboCop, not even RoboCop 2. I think I had a set of RoboCop 3 tops trading cards at one point. Like why, why someone thought it was necessary to make a RoboCop 3 set of trading cards, I'm not entirely sure, but it was made and all kinds of strange card sets were made. And he delves into these cards on his show. And most recently he um, 
looked at a set of trading cards that were Sears Craftsman's Tools trading cards. Uh, Sears, the old hardware store. I guess it was, was it a hardware store? That was some clothes too, so all kinds of stuff. A mall staple that has more or less vanished off the face of the earth. He tackled a pack of trading cards based around their iconic set of craftsman tools. And it was, it was something else, because it was fun to hear his um, look back at what Sears meant to him. Uh, but it was also just, just amazing that um, Sears chose to manufacture a set of trading cards for their craftsman tools. And um, I see Robots did a game job of, um, of fielding those cards, because on the surface, it seems like they'd be very hard to talk about, because it's not like baseball cards where it's about individual characters, you know, players. It's not like uh, movie cards where it's scenes from a movie. He's having to talk about, you know, oh, we have the handsaw rookie card. Um, but I thought I, I thought it was great. I thought it was I, I was I was cracking up while listening to it. So go ahead, check it out yourself. Check out all of the content that we have to offer. Um, back to this show. We have a couple of things to talk about, I guess, this week coming out of the holiday abyss. Starting off, I guess I, I, I will just begin with talking about what a weird last couple of months has been for me. I've talked about this in the last few episodes of the show before I went on break, but there's been all kinds of uh, strange goings on. I moved. Moving is always like kind of a weird deal. Um, my father-in-law died on Thanksgiving. That was that was bizarre. Um, I had some health stuff crop up um, in uh, towards the end of November. I think I've talked about this on the show. I was diagnosed with hypertension, high blood pressure. High blood pressure not based on any kind of easily identifiable lifestyle issue. Um, probably just something that I'm kind of wired towards. As, a, as an anxious person, um, I uh, oftentimes feel... I, if, I, I, if I suddenly pay attention to my body, I realize I'm unconsciously kind of all tensed up and like sometimes like not even breathing. So I've been trying to, to, to breathe a bit more because I have a feeling that that probably was, is part of the culprit. But in any case, I was um, given some medication. And like a sheep, I took the medication. I complied. Um, yeah, I don't know what's wrong with me either. I should, I should have fought. I should have railed against this. But, but I, I took the medicine like a sheep, and I've been taking the medicine. And um, doing much better now. My numbers are, are generally regular. And um, I, this all came about after going to the doctor for the first time in like 10 years. I realized, you know, I got to just start. Uh, you know, I'm 45 now. Um, I'm past the realm of just being able to assume there, there's nothing health-wise going on with me. So I, I've given myself over to medical science. I, I, I've um, gone full anti-mutant when it comes to, to doctors and medicine. I will, give, I will take anything they hand to me you know, give, give me the, give me those opiates. I'll take those. No questions asked. Give me that. No, I'm just kidding. But no, but you know, I, I, I am attempting to establish a relationship with the medical world. I, I will go in when they want me to go in. I will get tests that they want me to get tests for. Um, when I went in and I had the high blood pressure, I was just getting kind of a general physical first time in off the streets for 10 years. And, uh, all my other tests came back great, so that's, that's good. But uh, it's, uh, so that happened, um, uh, we had the cat thing just now. I've had like different friends have issues with their parents. Different friends have their own health issues. Uh, I had a friend have a heart attack and then um, find out shortly afterwards he has cancer. So just like a lot of like kind of like health negativity. 
Um, and I've never been, you know, prior to the COVID pandemic, I've had all kinds of neuroses and phobias, but I was never like a health phobia guy. But I realized I'm kind of getting there. And I, I was starting to establish this thing where it, I think it kind of dovetailed with the, the high blood pressure and knowing a few people that heart, had had heart attacks recently. Um, I'll feel like these mystery, they're not even chest pains. Like I, I can, I, I get like a, a sensation on my chest and I assume that, that the end is here. I, I'm finally having this heart attack that I'm going to die from. And then it passes. And I realize you can't, you're not really having like a near heart attack every day for like a year straight. So, um, it, it becomes very apparent if you, if I take a step back that this is in, entirely a, a psychological issue, less than a, a physical one, combined with the fact that I've actually been to a doctor recently and, you know, he listened to the heart and all that stuff. And there didn't appear to be any uh, issues. But why do, I, why do I bring this to you? Why do I uh, uh, broach this uh, topic here on very special episode 64? I guess the point is coming into a new year, reflecting on the year that passed, I just realized I've been kind of like stuck in this muddle of... of uh, just negative space, negative health space, death, destruction, terror, mayhem. We talked about this a few episodes back, um, but it's, it's, it's done nothing but continue with, with people falling right and left around me, animals keeling over. Um, just over the course of the last few weeks, we've had a few... Um, Few friends of the show, friends of the network. Uh, I'm not going to name names for the, 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 the to maintain the utter sanctity of uh, medical privacy. Something that I personally don't care about at all. But I know mileage may vary, so I'm not going to uh, give out personal details here. But I know for a fact, one friend of the show, I think, was um, fairly ill with an illness that's going around out there to the point that caused a little bit of concern here at the. Uh, network, but they, we were assured that uh, this person was fine. And this person has, in fact, a, appeared to make a full recovery and is back on the scene. So um, good on you, person who will not be named. Um, then another person who will not be named, another friend of the show, just just told me the other day they're in some kind of quarantine. I don't know if that's because they themselves are ill or if they just had to be. So shout out to that person. Person, stay strong. I hope you're doing well. Um, you know, it's funny with the, this medical privacy stuff, like for whatever reason, that's just not something that um, for me personally um, holds any sway to the point where I need to put it in writing somewhere that when I do eventually expire, I want any any kind of memorial, any kind of obituary that that, that is, is uh, printed after the fact. I want it to explicitly state the cause of death because I always find it strange that, that, that people are always so coy about cause of death. The person's dead, so it's not going to affect them one way or another if other people knew how they died. Ostensibly, it might allow some closure for the people that know them, because sometimes I'll see like an obituary or something from someone that I hadn't seen in years, I'd lost track of, and I just kind of wonder, not in a salacious way, but I just wonder what happened, and I just feel kind of like left in this existential limbo that will never be uh, uh, traversed because I'm never going to know what happened to them. And again, it's not because I want to gossip about it or I want to, you know, you just want to wrap your head around what, how, how could this have happened? What became of this person? Where did they go? Why did they go there? Um, and, and knowing how it happened, I guess, physically, maybe, um, you know, uh, picks up some of that slack. But I, for whatever reason, culturally, people are just very, very up in arms about um, about this this type of thing being very private, so more power to them. I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to to cast aspersions on anyone else out there. I'm just just saying from my perspective. I I, uh, I will let you know when the time comes. 
I will make sure you know what happened told Gino V so you're not left in suspense and you're not and that's the other thing too if you really do care about privacy you don't tell someone what happened all you know all that's going to happen is people are going to speculate on their own and 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 run wild like Hulk Hogan with 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 what could have been what could have could have possibly transpired I'm going to give it to you straight when the time comes. But anyway, and then uh, just in the midst of all this gross health stuff and just negative energy that's out there, um, I, I realize I'm too, I'm just like, this always happens, I think, uh, around this time of year, but happened even more so for me this year. You, you get kind of this this vacation, this holiday overload, this holiday hangover. And I don't mean a hangover from drinking or anything. I just mean like, you know, the kids were out of school for three weeks because we have a three-week winter break here in Napa. And then... Um, you know, so by week three, it's just like I've lost all sense of time and space. And, and, and as much as it's nice to get a break from like routines and, and structure for a couple weeks, after a while, you realize why we have routines and structure, um, because otherwise life is just this amorphous nothingness um, where you're just kind of flitting around from thing to thing without any 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 guardrails, any track to follow. Um and then, uh, you know, that all ended. Then we had one week back at school, and then we had a three-day weekend uh, this last weekend. So I just, you know, I, I'm ready for some nine-to-five action. I'm ready for, for us all to be on a schedule where, where I can I get my bearings and feel like I, I, I'm once again grounded in some kind of day-to-day reality. And so, you know, we moved at the end of November, into our new home, Sensational Manor 2.5, a palatial estate here in Napa, California. No, it's a a three-bedroom, two-and-a-half-bath townhome. So it's a single-family home, but it's attached to the neighbors on either side, and it's part of like a little housing complex where there's rows of these townhomes. Um... Some bigger than ours, some smaller than ours. We're right in the middle. We're like uh, Residence 3 is the name of our model. And there's Residences 4 and 5 above us if you want to um, exponentially um, up your housing costs and um, take on additional rooms to clean. And then there's uh, 2 and 1 below us. But both of those models, while um, less expensive, started to have... um, not enough room for, for all four of us um, in one place. But anyway, we moved here, and this was like a brand new, newly constructed townhome. Um, so it's a weird deal because you move in, and everything's new, and everything's been put in. And uh, some of the appliances are provided by the builder. Some you have to provide yourself. Like we had to buy our own refrigerator, and we had to buy our own washer and dryer, which we actually got from Sears, circling back to... Uh, Icy Robots and his Craftsman Tool uh, trading cards. Um, there is not a mall-style Sears store in Napa because there's not really that kind of mall in Napa. But there is a Sears appliance store, which I guess those are still a thing, we discovered as we were looking for washer, clothes washer and dryers. And so we got them from the Sears appliance store. But in any case, the point of this story is um, once you move in, you have like a year to find things that were done incorrectly or or issues um, from your move-in on the part of the builder. And you can alert their customer service rep and they will get these things fixed for you. Of course, it's a very long, unwieldy process because they're still finishing the rest of this complex and, like, you know, there's work 
labor shortages and material shortages and so on and so forth. And we were fortunate enough that so far there's only a few minor things that we had to have them fix um, since we moved in. One of those things was, and originally I wasn't going to say anything, but then I was like, you know what, we're paying a lot of money to move into this house and we, we paid to upgrade to this sink that we got, so I should just say something. So we got this stainless steel sink um, as part of uh, the house. It was provided up from the builder. And uh, it's all gouged up. And I mean, it's going to get gouged up no matter what, because that's kind of life with uh, appliances and sinks and, and such. But I, I would like to gouge it up myself. I don't want to pay um, inflated California housing costs to move in and have this brand new sink already be kind of scuffed up. And it's not like major scuffs, but it's enough that I can notice it when I use the sink, and I use the sink a lot. So I, I debated saying anything, but I did. And I thought maybe they'd be like, oh, here's like a discount on it, or we're going we're gonna to have some guy try to buff out the scuffs. But the dude was just like, customer service rep was just like, all right, I'll put in a work order to uh, get the sink replaced. So now I'm feeling bad because like, I don't know, does it really need to be replaced? But they say they're willing to do it. But the problem is, these are all like subcontractors that then get contacted to come to your house and do these fixes. You never know when they're coming. And, and like we've got this one, uh, one of the stair banisters got kind of bashed in when we moved in and they're willing to fix that. Um, but uh, there's been four different times now where a dude's supposed to come by to replace it. And every time something goes wrong in communication, it hasn't happened yet. Um, so with the sink, we'd heard nothing. And I wasn't really tripping about it because, again, like I said, I, I, I even feel just guilt for even bringing it up. Um, but last week, uh, I was chilling. Um, the kids were back in school. I, I was getting ready to have a productive day because again, we've been here since, since the end of November and just with all the different things that have gone on, we still have so much work to do to actually get kind of really moved in and dialed in. Um, so I, I'm going to have this productive day. I'm going to get all this stuff done. I'm out in the kitchen doing some dishes and I hear someone ring the doorbell and Thus far, living in this house, when an unexpected person rings the doorbell, it's usually just like a FedEx person or an Amazon delivery person just hitting the bell to let you know there's a package, and then they go on their way. So I ignored the bell, and I figured I would go downstairs to see if there was a package a little while later. And uh, mind you, I, I had just woken up, and I was in no position really to be fielding people, and I'm not expecting anyone either. But I, I'm sitting here, and I'm, I'm trying to get these dishes done before I get on with the rest of my day. So I got, like, you know, like eye crust going on. I'm wearing, like, an old stained T-shirt. Just not, you know, just in full-on recluse, like, just not, not in the headspace or the physical space to receive other human beings. So I'm continuing to do the dishes, and I hear another ding-dong, ding-dong, and then... So I'm like, that's weird, um, but I'm still not going to answer it. Because, you know, at this point, it's like you get in this awkward space, too, where now I've doubled down. I didn't answer it the first time. Now they're knocking, so they seem to think maybe I'm home, but I have no idea who this is. So I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm not going to answer. Then um, a few seconds go by, and again, ding dong, ding dong. I'm like, man, this person's being really persistent, but at this point, I, I can't now, you know, fold and go down. I've committed to not being home. But at the same time, why do they think I'm home? And now see, when we moved into this house, we weren't able to get window coverings put in before we moved in. We had to order them. They take freaking forever to come. And, uh, you know, there's supply chain issues, um, uh, all that and more. Um, so anyway, window coverings are not coming to this home until, um, February. We have temporary like paper, 
window coverings in the bedrooms, but that's it. Everything else is, is, is exposed, which isn't really an issue. Uh, but as I'm sitting here in the kitchen, I'm wondering if someone can see me. And now we are one row of homes, and we have a window on the front side, window on the back side. Front side faces kind of like what they call a paseo, like an outdoor walkway. And then across that paseo, there's the frontage of uh, the homes across the way. Back side of our house, the windows over our garage face the back side of the other row of houses. So there's a little alley back there, and you can see your neighbor's wall and windows. Um, but So I'm not really sure how someone from the, from, from the entryway can tell I'm home. Um, so I go lay low in a part of the house where you can't see in, hoping they'll go away. And again, I hear ding dong, ding dong. And I'm like, F dude, I, 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 I'm sorry. I'm going to win this battle. I am not answering the door. And then finally, Ms. S, uh, my wife texts me and she's like, I just got a call from the the plumber who's going to replace our sink. And he wants to come in and look at the sink. And he's wondering if today is the day. And I message her back. I was like, no can do. I need notice for this kind of thing. Because furthermore, if I knew he was coming, I'd clear out the whole kitchen. That it would all be done. But since I was in the middle of doing dishes, the sink is just like piled sky high with dirty dishes. I'm not going to bring this guy into the house to see that. I know I said um, medical privacy doesn't move me. But um, where I have my own hangups, it's like I don't like having people come in to my house when I haven't prepared for them to come in. When I haven't like cleaned up. You know, where it's not just looking like some hoarder. Because that's the thing. I mean, I guess like everyone's house must be like that. Because I'm, I'm not like on an extreme out of control mess making program. But unless I've prepared the house for someone coming over at any given time, it looks like a bomb went off in here. Because that's just, that's life. You know, everyone's doing their thing, using stuff, moving stuff around, using dishes, eating food. And it, until you have a chance to really recover from all that wreckage, the house isn't just going about its daily business looking like it's on Home and Garden TV, you know? Um, and she was like, no, I totally understand. They do need to call before they come over, so I'll just tell them you're not available. So I was like, sweet. So she texted the guy and said, you know, you gotta, you got to let us know before you come over, maybe next week. And he said, okay. But I was still like, that's so weird. I wonder why he just assumed I was home. Now, this isn't totally out of the ordinary in my years of being someone that is at home during the day. Whenever I've had to field tradespeople, a lot of times tradespeople will just show up whenever. And it generally works for me because, um, especially if I have at least some inkling that they're coming because I am someone that has either worked from home or is at home, not working outside the home. So I'm here, but what happens for the, for, I imagine like the vast majority of people, no one's home during the work day. So I, I don't know. That's always seemed odd to me, but, um, in any case I go about my business. I come out into the living room and I walk into the kitchen, and I'm going to resume doing the dishes, and I look up, and I can see into the window of the neighbor across the alley, and it's like our kitchen window faces the alley, which then faces their kitchen window, which faces the alley in our kitchen window, and I see a guy in a mask working on their sink just looking at me incredulously, and I realized it was the plumber. He could see me from inside their home, so he knew I was home. And I just kind of shrugged and went about doing the dishes. So here's the thing. If he does finally get back to us and he does come, uh, I mean, let's face it. A, he's probably not going to say anything. Um, we'll get to that in a moment. But B, if he does, I'm thinking I'm going to tell him that I was quarantining with COVID-19. And that's why I couldn't answer the door. But then I wonder, am I jinxing myself? If I, if I, if I, if I use this excuse... Is it somehow going to precipitate me, myself, contracting COVID-19? Moral dilemma. Jinx dilemma. 
But it seems like in this day and age, that's just the greatest excuse. If you get found out for not answering the door, I mean, hey, did you really want me to endanger you? No, I was, I was, but I, I also, I don't want to go down there and face to face explain it to you. So I'm thinking that's like, that's the new ultimate not answering the door when someone knows your home excuse. Found the whole thing very off putting. Found the whole thing very creepy. That him just like staring at me <laughs> through the neighbor's window. Window coverings coming. In February. Um, what I was going to uh, circle back on, though, about him probably not even remembering or saying anything. This is this is a, a place, a psychological place that I'm trying to, I've been trying to work myself towards. And it's a place that um, Icy Robots himself uh, referenced on an episode of one of his shows many moons ago. I think it was when it was um, prior to his show becoming the world's famous show. World's Famous IC Robots Show. I think, now I'm totally blanking. Before that, it was the IC Robots radio show, right? Um, After it was the Toys R Us report? I don't know. At some point, someone needs to sit down and write like a wiki entry on the history of our flagship content. But in any case, on an episode of whatever flagship show it was at the time, some time ago, IC Robots was telling a story, and I can't remember off the top of my head the specifics of the story, but it had something to do with him riding his bike to his daughter's school for some kind of school event, maybe, because they live right near the school, so it made sense for him to ride his bike, but then he was worried. I I, I could be getting this totally wrong, and if so, I apologize, Icy Robots, but the gist is what I'm getting at here. But he was talking about how he was going to ride his bike to the school, but then he was worried what people would think. Why was he riding his bike to the school and not driving a car? I don't know. In infinite wisdom, his wife, who I've always thought to be a very wise person, reminded him that no one would really be paying attention to or caring about what he was doing because people are much more preoccupied and worried about what they themselves are doing. I think that's a very, very salient point, something that I've tried to... um, I I had kind of thought about that before, but when I heard that story, it reminded me of it, and ever since then, I've kind of kept that in the back pocket try to remember because I oftentimes spend a lot of times agonizing that uh, how I behave, how I appear, other people are going to latch onto that and um, really harp on it and obsess on it and hold it over my head. And, you know, there, there is always going to be the time here or there where someone does want to get into it with you about something like that. But for the, for, for, for the vast majority of instance, the vast majority of plumbers, staring at you through the window after you didn't answer the door for them, they're going to forget about it 10 minutes later because they've got plenty of more stuff on their own plate about themselves, about their own life. So um, even though I've got a whole spiel, a whole shtick, a whole script rehearsed to uh, to uh, explain myself, to to throw myself at the mercy of this tradesman and, and uh, explain my, my miscreant behavior, the matter of fact is that he is likely not going to bat an eye and is going to show up here and replace a sink. And with that, we've somehow already gone the requisite 30-plus minutes for today's show about nothing. Um, A true show about nothing, I will add, as I always do. Not, Not one of these poser, pretend shows about nothing that are scripted, have producers, have actors, have directors. This is just one individual talking about absolutely nothing of consequence, sending it out into the void, sending it out into the abyss for the tens of ones 
who I think are still listening. I don't even know, man. I, we might be down to the fives and ones at this point. You know, uh, um, Teen Wundle has sort of, sort of uh, 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 dropped off the face of the earth. Um, I think we may have lost him. And to be honest, I got to ratchet down the hyperbole a bit. If we've lost him, we're probably more like the ones of ones. Because <laughs> I think we were like the twos of ones with him. In any case, no sweat, no worries. We will be back next week with a very special episode 65 where I have a few things I want to talk about that I didn't get around to talking about this time. So, hey, um, I'll go into it with some preloaded in my mind content instead of having to um, talk until I latch on to something and find something to talk about for the remaining 30 minutes. I'll come already with something to talk about for 30 minutes and probably meander about something else and not get to it and punt it down the line until next time. And until next time, it's me. It's me. It's Mr. Sensational Gino V. Shout out to the plumber if he's still watching. Off. We're with the Mario Brothers and plumbing's a game. We're not like the others who get all the fame. If your sink is in trouble, you can call us on the double. We're faster than the others. You'll be hooked on the brothers. You'll meet Coopers and Troopers, the princess and the others. Hanging with the plumbers, you'll be hooked on the brothers to the bridge. I say a hook, 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 hook,